I'm Brian Race, and you, you know, you've been speaking, Ray, so much on all the stars in the sky, but I know there's so much more that's happening there, and uh, I want to turn it over to you to continue with this amazing teaching this morning. Well, we've been talking about the gospel of the stars, but you know, as you open the Bible and read the New Testament, the first thing you'll run into isn't the stars in the sky. You'll run into somebody else in the sky. So let me tell you that story. 2,000 years ago in a Bethlehem field, and we've been here there a couple of times, and there's literally the pens where they care for the sheep that are literally 2,000 years old, too. So you can go there and see. So it says this. Now there were in the same country shepherds living out in the fields, keeping watch over their flock by night. And behold, an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them. And they were greatly afraid, as would all of us be. Then the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which will be to all the people. For there is born to you this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. And this will be the sign to you. You'll find a babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. Now that's the version of the Bible most of us read. Now I should say, the reason I'm here today on September 11th, it's a day of tragedy for those of us for the last 19 years. But as I'm going to show you through this story, as well as as we begin to look through the Magi story, we know that he was born 2,023 years ago on this date, September 11th. So we're looking at the manger, the birth, the, the birth of Jesus. Uh, today for good reason and next Friday I'll be back with Rosh Hashanah the beginning of the month of Tishri, Tishrei and we will be looking at more of the prophetic things that go with the new year I'm getting you ready for creation and so we've talked about that's why we're talking about all the stars and now we're going with the next step which is taking those stars and following them all the way to Bethlehem so this is the sign. Now, if you're in this field and he says you're going to find a babe wrapped in swaddling clothes lying in a manger, how many of you are going to make it to Jesus? And I'm going to think nobody. But we know they end up in the right place. But how did the shepherds find Jesus with those three unbelievably vague clues? A newborn baby, swaddling clothes, the manger, or a manger. A typical home in that time had a dugout area below the house where they kept the animals. To find a specific place, you'd need some pretty accurate kind of directions because the animals are inside. How did the shepherds find Jesus with such directions? Well, first the Hebrew would have been, you'll find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes lying in the manger. Adding A instead of the was a choice of modern translators, which I do not agree with. The shepherds of Bethlehem were in charge specifically of raising sheep for the temple sacrifices. That's what they did. Every lamb born there made its way to Jerusalem to be sacrificed. According to the laws governing sacrifice, the sheep that were used for the offering had to be a one-year-old male sheep, had to have been outside for 365 days or one year. The male sheep were offered as burnt offerings, the female as peace offerings. Since these sheep needed to remain outside the doors for the 365 days the shepherds were also outside so it says that night some shepherds were in the fields outside the village guarding their flocks of sheep now the hills of bethlehem were home to many thousands of lambs obviously that were sacrificed in the temple hundreds of thousands of lambs for that matter as a boy from bethlehem king david would likely have tended sheep in these very hills that were destined for the daily offering of the feasts these shepherds knew that the messiah would be born in bethlehem where in bethlehem well 
Just northeast of the shepherd's fields are the ruins of ancient Bethlehem, Ephrata. It's near a place called Migdal Adar, near the tomb of Rachel. Genesis 35 and 48 said that Rachel was buried at Ephrath, which is Bethlehem. So if you imagine how you have a little town and it grows bigger and bigger and bigger, uh, this was all called Ephrath and then Bethlehem, and it just got bigger. And the modern-day Bethlehem is a little farther attached from Ephrath. Micah 4.8 says this, And you, O tower of the flock. Now, in Hebrew, that's Migdal Adar. The stronghold of the daughter of Zion, unto you shall it come, even the first dominion, the kingdom shall come to the daughter of Jerusalem. So that means a king would be born at Migdal Adar to a girl from the line of David. So at the base of Migdal Adar, watchtower. Now, you're guarding sheep. You have a watchtower, and it's also for just looking out for enemies approaching. But that's this is the specific one, the sheep, uh, they would watch for the sheep. So the Migdal Adar Watchtower was, and the bottom of it was a special birthing room, and it was called, go figure, the manger for birthing these very special sacrificial lambs. That's where they all were born. Why? Well, the angel's declaration to the Bethlehem shepherds could only mean the manger at the base of the tower of the flock, because that's where they were all born. The shepherds were trained as children what was required for each sheep to be worthy of sacrifice. And during lambing season, the sheep were brought to the watchtower from the fields. Bring, being themselves under special rabbinical care, these priests would strictly maintain a ceremonial clean birthing place. So if you wonder where Jesus was born, was it clean? It's exceptionally clean. They'd wrap the newborn lambs in swaddling clothes to prevent them from thrashing about and harming themselves. And it was their job to make sure that the animals weren't damaged or blemished. After the lambs had calmed down, they could be inspected to make sure they were without spot or blemish. Now, being wrapped in swaddling clothes would not be a significant clue if the angels were referring, unless the angels were referring to a Passover lamb, because newborn babies had been wrapped in swaddling clothes long before the time of Jesus. It was very common. So if it was supposed to be a clue to find him, it was a terrible clue, unless it was a clause used by these shepherd priests. So these shepherds weren't random. They were notified by the angels because it was their calling to certify Passover lambs at birth. So it's not some random story in the Bible, but if you step into it and understand the story, you can go there still. You can see Rachel's tomb. You can see the pens. The uh, watchtower, unfortunately, no longer exists. That has certainly been my big takeaway this morning is just the complexity of, of God's message to us so that we don't miss it, whether it's you know the, the the simplistic message on one layer that even a child can understand yeah. or someone who's followed the lord for 40 or 50 years can keep digging and just go wow wow god really yeah. really wanted to make sure that uh you know those that are seeking him will will find him and find him in even a greater abundance yeah and that's how i feel every every time we come on to teach on these uh the feasts of the lord and these special days and times these appointed these moed these po special appointed times every year i just learn something profound or a lot of profoundly new things which blow me away which is just a reminder there's never an end you can't mm. know it you're just pursuing god and he's causing you to know him and by that you get to gain knowledge but it's uh it is amazing more profundity is on the way with ray haynes our bible teacher this morning and we're going to ask them answer the question why was there no room at the end